Welcome to the Healthy Seas Podcast, a show about what we need to do to have just that, healthy seas and a healthy future. I'm your host, Crystal DiMicelli, and in each episode, we talk about the problems facing the seas and oceans and the solutions we have to fix them. Come on in, the water's fine. Today, I'm chatting with Laura in Waterland, an ocean and sustainability advocate, and Cura Rotondo, the CEO and co-founder of the brand Lefric. We talk about Black Friday and the negative environmental consequences that come from unchecked overconsumption, and we leave you with tips on how you can have what Healthy Seas likes to call a Blue Friday instead. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on the Healthy Seas podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Today, we're going to be talking about Black Friday and why we should consider turning it into Blue Friday instead. To start, can you tell me what the origin of Black Friday is? Oh, uh, yes, of course. I did some research on it, and apparently it's a, not. it was not used at all to describe the shopping that it is today it was in started in the 1960s and police and taxi drivers were using that term to describe the really bad and congested traffic that they would have in the city around thanksgiving from all the christmas shoppers you know going to town to get all the presents and then in the 80s completely changed the meaning because the american telemarketers claimed the term and they used it to refer to the sales themselves since that was linked to the traffic anyway and it slowly crept up globally all around the world as we know it today of the day of overconsumption and a bit of craziness too <laughs> there's definitely craziness involved i think i remember hearing something too that it has something to do with the financial books for businesses like they usually go from the red into the black I don't know, possibly. <laughs> I'm not really into financial books and stuff like that, but it's very possible. Who knows? Well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of overconsumption, what are the impacts of buying too many things? So, yeah, for me, overconsumption translates to it's a culture of disposability, really. Instead of reusing like people would do in the past, now everything's disposable, which as you can imagine, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen from pictures on the internet or on the news even, it creates a huge amount of waste. Because for example, when you speak about fashion, 60% of the garments are made from fabrics that come from fossil fuels. So that doesn't biodegrade in the environment. And shoppers buy more than they need, or maybe even gift thoughtlessly. And so that means that that ends up in the trash, ends up being donated. And there are such a thing that close landfill in Ghana and Chile and other places around the world. And the second type of waste that it makes is resources, because all these things have to be made. So there's waste of water, waste of energy. It's just a whole mess, really. Overconsumption has a bad impact. And nowadays we want to produce more for cheap which leads to workers' exploitation and poor environmental practices and then excess CO2 emissions. You know, when again, with the example of fashion, it's a 100 billion garment 
sales every year. A hundred billion. So that's just a yeah, that's a whole bunch of clothing, and twenty percent of it never is sold. So you can imagine that what's not being sold and then what's not being used properly and discarded is just a lot. Oh yeah. So you mentioned that 60% of clothes are made from fossil fuels. Give me an example of the fabrics that are, are made with fossil fuels. All the synthetic fabrics. So that's your nylon, elastane, polyester. And I mean, they all have different names. You also mentioned a clothes landfill in Chile and somewhere else. Yes, there were articles actually this year. Both of the, the articles were this year in The Guardian, but in also other news channels. One in Ghana, and then there is one in the Chilean desert as well. They, these were the biggest two scandals of closed landfill this year. And actually, now, now that you say that, I, I remember it. It's where, like if we in developed countries go to donate our clothes and... They don't get sold. They get thrown out and then sent to these landfills. Is that correct? I, I That's what I'm remembering. Well, when you donate your clothes, let's say you donate your clothes in America, your charity shop is going to keep part of it, but they're going to scan through and they're going to discard most of it. There's a high percentage of the clothes you donate that does not make it to the racks. And those clothes generally then get shipped to places like Africa or Southeast Asia in big bundles where you will have people buying these bundles without being able to look and scan through what's in there and the quality of it. And then they will try to sell them on. But again, they'll scan, they'll have to scan for it once they can look and they won't be able to sell all of it. So a lot of it is going to end up in landfill because of that even if they try to sell some of it. You know, I was living in Indonesia and I would go to these secondhand stores that they had and you would find everything and anything. And some of the clothes still had Goodwill price tags on from like Australia, mainly because Bali and Australia are so close geographically. But yeah. You never think of that because you, you think you're doing something good by donating your used clothing, but it might still end up in a landfill somewhere in the world. How has overconsumption come to be such an issue? Because it hasn't always been this way. We haven't always been producing 100 billion articles of clothing every year. So I think overconsumption is an issue because of capitalism. And that's been like that for a really long time. Since the 1920s, they invented professions, PR professions, to manipulate the masses to want things they didn't need, such as, you know, marketers and advertising campaigns and TVs getting everywhere into every household as well over time. All of that contributed to it. And they are, you know, they were people in some rooms that decided that consumption was going to be a tool to control the masses and, of course, profits. Edward Bernays was quoted saying, consuming goods make the public less likely to rebel. Um, you can look him up. You know, so nowadays we have been born in a culture where you buy what you want, not what you need, because that's just what you've always known. And consumption now 
the same thing as your sound sense of self-worth and status. It's just, yeah, it's just what it is. And my, one of my favorite movies, maybe you'll recognize the quote. Let's see. It's, it's directly from it. The character says, buying things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. <laughs> and I thought that was very fitting. You know? Yep. That, that is very true. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that really in in just a small sentence kind of condenses what I've said and it's from Fight Club because you didn't guess it, I guess. I I remember the quote and maybe because it's been used in these kinds of contexts before, but no, I didn't remember oh. what movie it was. Now, circling it back to Black Friday, how do we perceive Black Friday psychologically? Well, I think that because of this culture of overconsumption and that producing more all the time and growth, uh, we've been programmed to think that exploitative prices, very low prices, are the norm. You know, like you want your cheap t-shirt or your $2 bikini, and that has become normal. But when you think about it, it shouldn't be it's it has become more desirable to pay less for something in our minds than to pay for something that has real quality you know mm-hmm. and a good value for the quality that you're buying and uh black friday is manipulating that low price thing because they're making it as well a limited time only it's now or it's never, or until Monday, you know, when it goes into Cyber Monday, as we extend it. But but still, that's once a year, and it's just before Christmas. So it's a perfect opportunity to, like, make people feel like you have to buy it now, it's urgent, and to buy on impulse. You really have to change the value system in our society to go back to a more simple lifestyle where we slow down and we do have some luxuries, of course, but you don't need many, many things to be happy. You know, frugality in to a certain extent is going to give you a much more meaningful life than having 10 of the same black dress in your closet. I know that I'm totally guilty of the mindset of the limited time mindset you've got this desire then to like, oh, I got to buy it now. This, it's got to happen. Oh, wait, I want to buy it. And the $2 bikini that you mentioned is just going to fall apart. There's no quality yes. in it whatsoever. And so there has definitely been more of a shift towards just wanting to constantly buy and you're buying pieces that just don't last, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's how you get close landfills and too much waste and pollution. So Healthy Seas is trying to flip Black Friday on its head and call it Blue Friday instead. What is Blue Friday? First of all, I think it's a genius term by Healthy Seas. I just (laughs) love it because, you know, well, they're ocean-oriented, obviously, and so am I. So I am in full support of Blue Friday. And it's very simple. Basically, it encourages you to shop more consciously, just not fall victim to the overconsumption and the craze of Black Friday as we know it today. What does that look like? What are tips that you can give to have a Blue Friday instead of a Black Friday? 
Although I could give you a big, big list of tips. Um, but I basically... These will be included. These will most likely be included in the show notes as well. Okay. Let's just talk through a few of those tips now. Okay. I think one of the most important tips I could give about shopping on Black Friday or when there's any sale or any time you want to go shopping, really, is to make a list, right? Because I agree that Black Friday is a great opportunity to buy what you need or what you love at a discounted price because sometimes you just can't afford the full price, you know? But really, the cheapest deal is what you're not going to buy because you didn't need it in the first place. So (laughs) making a list and asking yourself the right questions of, do I really need this? What's the purpose? What's the end of life? How was it made as well? And was the person paid fairly? What If it's fashion, what are the materials? You know, all of these kind of questions. And can you find it secondhand first? You know, I just moved into a new house and I have had to buy a lot of things. And uh, most of my stuff is secondhand. Yeah, I've been on the secondhand train lately, challenging myself to get as many things secondhand as well. There's so many great bargains and things that have never been used. It's incredible. I know. But if you can't find something secondhand, then I would say that my next tip is to buy from ethical brands. Because it's so important to support brands that are transparent about their ethics. Like we mentioned the low price tag, like that $2 bikini. The person who sewed that together was not paid fairly probably doesn't have a syndicate and is struggling to get by, you know, and that's not okay. Human rights should never be negotiable. So that's one of the aspects of an ethical brand, but also then their sustainability practices uh, regarding what fabrics do they use? Are the factories also environmentally friendly? Because there is that big issue of the wastewater, especially if you're an ocean lover, you know, uh, the wastewater, of, you said? Yeah, yeah, the mm. wastewater, because if you're dyeing clothes or even washing them afterwards before they go to the consumer, there is going to be chemicals involved, and these chemicals go into the water. And then if you're not using a factory that has a treatment plant for this, right, then you're releasing that very, very dirty and toxic water into the environment. Not only just, but very often in countries like Indonesia, I'll just take it because that's where I used to live for a long time. And so I have a lot of experience and research down there. And there is this big river, the Chitaram in Java, uh, lots of documentaries on it. And there's a lot of fashion factories along the Chitaram. There's also a lot of farmers with rice fields. So that wastewater, it's just going through the rice fields. So it's irrigating the food. That also gets shipped to us, but makes the people there sick because they also have to drink that water. And even if you boil it, you know, for the poorest families, that does not get rid of the bad stuff that's in there. Oh, the chemicals, yeah. Mm, terrible. Any more tips that you would like to, to share? Yes, sure. I mean, always support small and local businesses if you can as well. You know, the smaller the business the better they usually are going to be. And like I said, if if it's very transparent, they're going to be usually good. Pick something with a story 
over a bargain. For example, with Healthy Seas, they have a few brands that they work with. And these brands make, for example, let's say swimsuits from Econil fabric, which is recycled. So that's really cool. And every time somebody comments on my my swimsuit, which is made with this fabric, I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You know, that's that's the recycled fishing nets and plastic bottles. And, you know, so then I feel proud that I'm wearing something that was ethically made and that also has a story, just a cool story behind it. Mm-hmm. It's a great conversation piece. Yes, yes, exactly. And then the last one maybe that I could give is to purchase eco items as well, because I really like to encourage people to have a more sustainable lifestyle and everybody's journey is going to look different, but you can use Black Friday or sales to get a start on it and maybe buy some eco items because you can usually have a low waste lifestyle by buying less and changing your habits and using what you have first, but you are eventually going to need some things. Like if you buy that Econil swimsuit, that is a synthetic fabric. So when you wash it in the washing machine, uh, microfibers can go in the wastewater and those microfibers are plastic. So you can buy a microwave filter, for example, on Black Friday, something like that, you know? Oh, that's Um, a good idea. Taking step by step, well, excellent. Is it okay to give some books recommendation? Because I took some of the information here from some books I have, so I'd like to give credit to the authors. Sure, of course. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I'd like to recommend some books that really have taught me a lot of the information I even shared today. So there is a book called Consumed by Aja Barber, Fashionopolis by Dana Thomas. And then if you're into the economics as well, Donut Economics by Kate Raworth. And there is one platform that I love going on. It's called Open Edu of Slow Factory. And they have video conferences with a lot of very, very cool people who are experts in their domain. It's all free and you can listen to it like you would to a podcast, really. So I would really recommend to go on the Slow Factory website and check some of those out. Okay. Can you send along those links and so that those can be included in the show notes as well? For the books or just for the Slow Factory? Uh, Send them all. So I have the titles and everything can be listed. Yeah. Cool. All right. Laura, this has been great. It's been super informative. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. No problem. You're welcome. I hope I didn't rumble on too much. (laughs) No, this was good. Shopping is almost inevitable during this time of the year, and I love the suggestions that Laura left us with to help us be more conscious in our choices. One of the things she mentioned was to buy from more ethical companies. Up next, I'm chatting with Cura Rotondo, the CEO and founder of the brand Lefric, who falls within that category. Hi, Kura. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Crystal. Nice to join you. Now tell me more about Lefric. How are you different? Well, Lefric is, is a brand, it's a backpack brand. We mainly design, produce, and sell functional and sustainable backpacks made with the urban traveler and the modern digital nomad in mind. The thing is that we use the highest recycled quality materials 
So we were born to protect our natural resources. What really makes different Le Freak from others, maybe it's that we were built as a 100% sustainable brand. We started the brand in, back in 2012 when sustainability and social commitment was, was just only a mindset, not a, a requirement, not, which is it now. <laughs> How did this idea come to be? My partner is a um, climate activist. When we met, he was starting up and he was the owner of one of the most important renewable energies company in Spain, which is now publicly listed in Spain and it's, it's one of the most important. So he was a strong believer of making business in a sustainable way was, was possible. And we met each other. I was, I was working in the fashion industry. I was really frustrated about how things worked there, how fast things moved and how people used the natural resources as, as if they were unlimited, no? So we both believed that there was another way of making things and the possibility of making a profitable business while caring about the planet. That's, that's the way we created the brand. <laughs> and just what is a circular model? A circular model is making something that it never will become waste. No, and trying to, to produce things that will be like the best model in circularity will be producing only bio-organic things, not using organic like materials. So once uh, the, once the, the product gets to the landfill or the ocean, it's used by animals or the, or even the earth as, as something good for them. No. So that's why the, the, it biodegrades. Yeah, because it biodegrades and, and it could be even food for the land or food for the, the animals. That would be like the perfect model, no? And I think like a lot of people is working on that models and working to, to convert trash into food and everything. But in our case that we use plastic, it's more difficult because when you recycle plastic, you are, you are making again plastic. So our model is trying to keep this plastic out of landfills and out of ocean during all the way. You guys are also now holding a Black Friday campaign. What are you looking to achieve with this campaign? With, the, with our Black Friday campaign, we intend to fight against mass consumption and impulsive purchases. Our campaign is based in Patagonia's campaign. I don't know if you remember, it was 2011 that they used a campaign that don't buy this jacket, in which they explain why you shouldn't buy one of their jackets because all the impact in the environment that they could have. So we get this inspiration and we are making this campaign called Don't Use This Discount. And we will be putting like a QR that you will be able to scan. And then you will find in our website that we are not offering these discounts. We are offering our products at full price. And in return, we are donating this 50% not applied discount on every sale during all the Black Friday weekends to Healthy Seas as part of our continued support to 1% for the planet, which everybody knows that is the organization promoted by Patagonia's CEO. So I think it's a way of closing the circle, no? Like the inspiration on the campaign and finally making donation to this amazing organization, Healthy Seas, as part of 1% for the planet. Ah, so if someone buys this bag, then 15% of the proceeds will go to Healthy Seas. Yes. Yeah, during the weekend of the Black Friday. I love the idea of this campaign, and you guys do make some really good-looking backpacks. And so for anyone listening, if you need gifts, if you're in a if you're in the market for a backpack yourself, certainly consider Lefric because that checks the box off of Healthy Seas 
Blue Friday campaign of buying from an ethical company. Thank you so much, Kura, for joining me today. Thank you very much, Crystal, to you. And thank you very much for Healthy Seas Project, which is amazing. What are you doing like for all the beach and seas cleaning up? It's, it's great. Thank you, guys. Thanks for diving into the Healthy Seas podcast with me. I'm your host, Crystal DiMicelli, and I was just chatting with Laura in Waterland and Cura Rotondo. If you want to learn more about Laura's work, you can find her on Instagram at Laura in Waterland, and be sure to consider getting yourself or a loved one a Lefric backpack this holiday season. Its purchase goes towards supporting sustainable design as well as Healthy Seas itself. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and review it on your favorite podcasting app. I'll catch you next time. Healthy Seas is a nonprofit on a journey from waste to wear. Founded in 2013, the organization aims at reducing marine litter caused by lost fishing gear through cleanup, prevention, and education activities. The nets collected by Healthy Seas are subsequently reused and recycled and used by its partners for the creation of new products.